Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Hey, we're in a series called What Not to Do in a Horror Movie. I have to really enunciate that. Horror movie. What not to do in a scary movie. And so um, today the title of my message is When the Fight Ain't Fair. When the Fight Ain't Fair. Um, I'm going to have everybody stand across this place. We're going to read our scripture um, that is for this text. Um, How many of you remember memory verses when you were growing up in school, right? Sunday school, right? You're growing up in church. This is a, a scripture I want us to man, commit ourselves to memorizing, to get in the Word, because when we get in the Word, the Word gets in us, right? So Psalms 56, verses 3 through 4, I'm going to have you read this with me. It says, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what He has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? You guys can be seated. Let me encourage you on that. Man, write it on your your mirror where you're getting ready. Put it on the dash of your car, all those different things. Um, We want to help this get in you and for you to see the Word of God and apply the Word of God to your life. If I had a second title for this message, it would be called Scooby-Doo and Sunscreens. And here's why. Because I think my love of scary movies, like anybody else, you just like scary movies, right? I'm not talking demonic movies, right? Like there's a line. Um, but scary movies, I like. I like thrillers. I like scary movies. Um, I enjoy them. And so I think it got birth from watching the greatest cartoon made of all time. And I'm talking about Scooby-Doo. Old school Scooby-Doo. The new one's dumb. Like the old school Scooby-Doo was fantastic, right? Like it was, like it had me on the edge of my, I'd spill my Cap'n Crunch cereal every Saturday morning, right? Like I was just like, ah, Um, it was fantastic because you always had a villain, you always had a theme, and Daphne didn't hurt the old eyeballs, right? Like she was a hottie. Um, So, you're like, you called a cartoon hot. You ever seen Roger? Anyways, um, but... So, um, we're staying on target, stay on target. But what, what, what I enjoyed is there was never a villain that just went the whole season long that they never caught, right? They, they always caught the villain. Like, it was like, okay, you know, they would catch him, and they were tied with ropes behind their back, and they would take the mask off, and you pesky kids and your dumb, stupid dog, you know, um, there was that moment. Now, 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 there are horror movies out that, for instance, and, and I like this series, but the Halloween movies, they're on movie number 13, right? Not, not, I, I like Halloween movies, right? So, but, but you're on movie number 13 about the same villain, Michael Myers. And my problem is this guy has been, like, dead to rights. You had him dead in your rights to just chop this guy's head off. Some of you are like, what is going on? What church am I at, right? But literally, if somebody's trying to kill you, you do what you got to do to kill them first, right? And I remember this guy would be dead, and he would be like on the ground, and they're like, okay, he's down on the ground, and he's going to leave me alone, right? And they didn't. They didn't do anything to him. He's just laying there, and all of a sudden, he sits straight up and looks, right? And it's like, and you're like, oh, why didn't you take care of him, right? And, and here's the thing. I think we make the same mistake, we think our enemy's just going to leave us alone. And today I want to talk to you about the topic of spiritual 
warfare because we don't really talk about this much. We don't talk about being in a spiritual fight. And what I want you to understand is this. It's our first point. Satan is never going to leave you alone. So you've got to decide to stop being bullied. Right? Satan is never going to, some of you are going, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you think Satan is real? You think there's such thing as the devil? No, no, no. There is such thing as the devil. Satan is a very real thing. He is a fallen angel. He is he's out there, and the Bible is full of verses that talk about him. But, but hear me. He's not something to be feared, but he's, we got to pay attention, right? we got to understand where he is, what he's doing, and how he works. And the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. It says, stay alert. Pay attention, right? Wake up. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. It's not that he is. He's always pretending to be something he's not, right? That's what he always does. Pretending he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. One of the big mistakes I believe we make as followers of Christ is we think if I don't bother him, he won't bother me. Right? If, if I don't engage with the devil, right? If I'm not doing the Ouija board, then, then you know, nothing bad's going to happen to me. No, 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 that's not it, right? Don't, don't use Ouija boards. But you know what I'm saying? Like, no, you, there's no neutral part in this when it comes to your spiritual warfare, when it comes to the devil. Because this is his job, and, and Jesus talks about this. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. That is why he's here. It is to steal, kill, and destroy the dreams and purpose and will that God has put in your life. He wants to steal it, he wants to kill it, and he wants to destroy it. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Here's what I want you to know. Satan doesn't play nice. Right? Satan doesn't fight nice. So why are we refusing to engage in the fight? At some point, there's got to become a point where we decide we're going to roll up our sleeves and play dirty, right? I don't fight, but if I was to get in a fight, I'm going to tell you, I would bite you, I would scratch you. If I can hit you, I'm going to elbow you. You know why? Because I'm going to fight to win, right? It's not just about, well, I just I got in a fight. No, I'm going to fight to win, right? And if you are going to be in the fight, learn to fight to win because what's happening is some of us, or just flat out getting bullied. You're getting bullied through life because you refuse to engage in the fight. You refuse to acknowledge it because you think, oh, it's weird. Do I believe the devil's in everything? No. I don't think just because I got a flat tire, oh, there's the devil again. No, that's because I hadn't changed tires in 10 years, right? Like, come on, it's not, it's not the devil. Like, you got to rotate your tires and change it every once in a while, right? Oh, my car broke down, but you never changed the oil. Well, dummy, you got to change, you know, like, hey, you know, not everything's the devil, right? But at the same time, we minimize it way too much instead of engaging in it. We're getting bullied. I remember being in Mid-High. Um, I look nothing like what I look like now except maybe the mullet um, kind of coming back a little bit. Um, and I, I remember uh, I had, I was, I was about my height I was, but, man, I was awkward as all get out. I had tinted glasses, I had braces, I had rubber bands from this side to this side. I could barely open my mouth. 
Um, I weighed 150 pounds at a six foot six frame. I, I mean, I just looked awkward. I looked weird, and I was, right? Like there was a reason I didn't have friends, and it was all my fault, right? So I'm just going to be honest. And so, but, but something clicked and something changed around my ninth grade year, but especially my 10th grade year in high school. But in eighth grade, I had a guy named Jamie, and Jamie was my bully. Like in the locker room for football and basketball, um, I'm not going to say his last name, Goodell, um, but Jamie was, um, <clears throat> man, Jamie was just a jerk, and there was no reason, right? I didn't do anything to make him bully me. I didn't do anything to deserve him fighting me, but here's what was, what was so pathetic on my end. I just took it for, for two years, eighth grade, ninth grade, I'd let him, I'd look like Napoleon Dynamite, right? Like he'd slam me in the lockers, you know, like, I, I just, it was, it, but, but something happened in 10th grade and I started growing and understanding who I was, right? And I had a glow up, right? And today some of you need a glow up because I remember in 10th grade we had basketball tryouts and I steal the ball from Jamie. I got a fast break. I actually could dunk the ball back in the day. Not anymore. Some of you are like, you can't dunk now? I'm 46 years old. I will break a hip if I come down trying to jump that high, right? Like, but I, 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 on this fast break, I go up for the dunk, and Jamie takes my legs out, and I land directly on my head. And right when I did, something snapped. I was, I was done, right? I, me and Jamie, we were done done. And I picked Jamie up and I body slammed him onto that hardwood floor. And I got on top of him just, bah! and just started screaming like I'm drooling on his face. I'm, I'm going crazy, right? You know why? Because there was a point where I was done being bullied and it was time for me to fight back. Some of you, you have been bullied all throughout your life and Satan has ruined your marriage. Satan has come and he's trying to devour your kids and there's got to be a point in time where you decide to stop being bullied and engage in the fight, right? And this is your morning and this is your moment. So if we are going to engage in the fight, we've got to do this. It's our second point. We've got to get dressed and learn how to fight, right? Some of you, you don't know how to fight. You don't just swing at Satan, like, come on, right? Like, that's not going to do anything, right? You got to learn to fight, and you got to get dressed to fight. One of my worst fears is that, like, somebody's going to break into my house while I'm sleeping and, like, try, try, try to rob me. I don't, I don't know, right? But, but because I'm not dressed to fight, I'm dressed to sleep, Right? I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm not going to tell you what I sleep in. It's none of your business. Um, but, but that's why I have a 100-pound dog and a 9-millimeter, because I will shoot you. Right? I, some, some people are like, I don't know about this, Pastor. Hey, I'll pray for you after I shoot you. But you the, you the dummy that broke in, right? Stand your ground. I'm not going to be bullied anymore. Anyways, I'm not dressed to fight. I'm not equipped to fight. And some of us spiritually, we're not dressed to fight. We're just going out and trying to fight under our own strength, under our own power. When God has an outfit, a, an armor, a spiritual armor and outfit for you to put on that is found in the book of Ephesians. And Paul says this, and, and, and hear me, we're going to do a series on the armor of God next year. 
But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, Paul says this, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on, everybody say all. All All of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, since that's the case, therefore put on, there it is again, every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm, standing your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. And stay alert. Pay attention, right? Be aware of your surroundings and be persistent in your prayers for believers everywhere. It says, put on every piece of God's armor. Why? Because your enemy's looking for a weakness. Right? And it's not enough for me to put it on a little bit. It's not enough for me to put it on on Sundays, right? This is an everyday occurrence. It's not just for a season of life. It's for all of life. And it's saying, put on the full armor of God so that You're not running away in fear. You're not losing the battle, but you can stand your ground. You're not giving up any more ground to the enemy. This is the way that you are no longer bullied. This is the way that you fight, and you're never going to learn how to fight if you're not dressed to fight, right? Like, you got to get dressed to fight so that you can learn how to fight, but if you're going to you got to learn the weapons, and you got to learn to use the armor that God has given you. We've got weapons to use in this spiritual conflict, in this spiritual warfare. And I want you to think of, instead of hand-to-hand and more of a fist fight, I want you to think of war, like a battle. So I started researching online, like, new cool weapons that I would love to use at some point in my time. Um, in my life, and there are two really cool things that I, I made sure I researched this to make it make sure it was real because it sounded like nah, that's not real. Um, but these are actually real new weapons. They're actually not all that new. The first one is called quantum stealth. Quantum stealth is this. You guys remember the movie Predator? Remember how the Predator was able to use invisible stealth technology to blend into the jungle environment around him, and when he moved, it looked like the jungle itself was moving. That technology is now in the advanced stages of development by the U.S. military called quantum stealth. This technology camouflages people by bending light around the object it's hiding, and as a result, The people and objects literally turn invisible to the naked eye. Quantum stealth technology will enable soldiers to infiltrate enemy territory without being detected, as well as launch surprise attacks and carry out assassinations. Sounds far-fetched, sounds crazy, but the future is here and the technology is real. That one's really cool. This one would be super fun. It's called the vomit gun. 
right? This is for real. This has been out since 2007. You guys remember the movie Minority Report that had the six sticks, right? And they'd hit people with the stick and they'd throw up instantly. They've got a gun that shoots radioactive like stuff at them. And anyone hit by the vomit gun immediately experiences severe motion sickness and throws up. That would be awesome to have at Thanksgiving, right? Like, bah, no leftovers for you. No leftovers for you. No left, leave, right? Like, it would be so fun to have. Like, you can't make this stuff up, right? And, and hear me, just like there are weapons that our military is, has and they're advancing, right? God has given you and equipped you with weapons to use, and you've got to learn to use them to fight. They are as follows. You've got the belt of truth, right? You've got the truth of God's word, and Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, Right? So the belt of truth is your relationship with Jesus Christ, that he is the lordship of your life. And hear me, the reason this is so important, because if the belt gets loose and the belt gets janky, everything else doesn't stay in place as well. Right? When your relationship with Jesus Christ doesn't stay personal, everything else gets off kilter. You have the belt of truth. You have the sandals of peace or the shoes of peace. You have the helmet of salvation. You have the breastplate of righteousness. You have the shield of faith. You have the sword of the Spirit, which we know is the Word of God, right? This is the only offensive weapon you have, that in prayer. So this is huge because you, some of us were like, well, I never hear the Lord speak, but your Bible's been closed for three years, right? The reason you haven't heard the Lord speak to you is because you haven't been his, in His Word, which the Bible says the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? It cuts between the Spirit and the marrow. It shows us what's wrong and shows us what to do is right. The way that God speaks to us, the way that God instructs us is through his word. And the more you get into the word, the more the word gets into you. And man, you better know, your word have I hid in my heart, have I memorized that I know so that when I need it, I might not sin against God. Right? You've got all these weapons. You've got this armor. And hear me, this may feel this may feel weird to you. I'm okay with that. Embrace the awkwardness, bro, right? Like, treat it like a mid-high dance. Just ask the girl, right? Just ask the girl to dance, man. But, but hear me. Put your armor on every day. Literally say, right now, I'm putting my helmet of salvation on. I'm putting the belt of truth on. I'm putting the breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting the shoes of peace. I'm putting my shield of faith on. I've got the belt. I've got the sword of the spirit. And man, I am continuing to pray. It may feel weird, but it will enable you to fight. Because hear me, having knowledge isn't enough. Having access to it doesn't mean that you are using it, right? So it's almost like sunscreen. We know how sunscreen works. You put this on, it helps you not get burned. And just because you have it around you doesn't mean that it's working. It's that you've got to put it on you in order for the sun to not burn you. Oh, that's how that works, right? Got really deep really quick. Almost went Greek on you just now, but I decided not to because I would lose some of you, right? It's not enough to have it around you. You've got to apply it for it to 
for it to work in your life. Can I tell you, you can't just have the armor of God accessible to your life. you got to put it on your life so that it enables you to fight in and through your life, right? The, the application of God's Word is what brings the transformation and the power of God's Word to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 4 says, We are humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the stronghold of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Hear me today. Don't make the mistake. You wouldn't do this in a horror movie. Don't do this in life. Don't make the mistake of thinking your enemy is going to leave you alone. Don't make the mistake of that. But learn to fight. Learn to get dressed so that you are equipped to fight back. How do you fight the devil? How do you fight Satan? How did Jesus, when he was tempted in the desert, through the word of God, right? Satan is great at twisting and manipulating and lying, and we're getting ready to get into that. And if you are going to combat it, it can't be about, well, I feel this way, Satan. That don't work. But the word of God says this. You say that, but the Word of God says this. Culture says this, but the Word of God says this. Culture embraces this, but the Word of God says this, right? And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So here's what I want to tell you, and I, I'm closing. Well, I'm not closing, but this is my last point. Don't get too excited there. We've got to understand our enemy but know and stay close to our source because the fight ain't even close, right? It's not even a close fight. We've got we've to understand our enemy, but we have to know our source and we have to stay close to our source because the fight ain't even close. Can I tell you the fight's already been won, right? Like, like we've already won because he won, right? It's not about what you've done or I've done. It's all about what he has done. It's not like, oh, who's going to win, you know, God or Satan. It's, It's already decided. So we've got to understand how our enemy is operating and functioning, and we've got to understand how he works because it's almost like this. When you, somebody says something to you guys, or they say something about your wife and you're married, and he is seven foot, 350 pounds. You're like, okay, bro, like, we're just gonna go away, and you just kinda, hey, thanks, thanks for your advice. You know, we're just gonna go this way, right? Now, if he is five foot two and 125 pounds, that's a different story. What'd you say about my wife, right? Why? Because we're sizing them up, right? We're trying to see. MMA fighters and boxers, they study and they understand their enemy so that they can see their tendencies and their habits and know how to attack. And can I tell you, your enemy, Satan, has tendencies on who he is and how he operates. The first one is this. Satan means adversary. It means this. He is the enemy to the plans and purposes of God. He is an absolute adversary and enemy to the plan and will and purpose of God. The second thing is this. Devil means slanderous. It means his intentions are to defame and malign the character and intentions of God and others. Check out Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, and Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. The third attribute in the way that he works is he's a tempter. He seeks to mislead your passions. 
So you will fulfill them in perverted and illegitimate ways. Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 3 through 5. Check them out. He is an accuser, meaning one who condemns. He works through guilt and condemnation. He points out and constantly reminds you of your sin and mistakes in order to cripple you with discouragement and shame. He constantly reminds you and weaponizes your past. Check out Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And the last thing is he is the father of lies, meaning this, he is a liar every time. Satan always lies and the truth is not in him. When he speaks and acts, he always lies and deceives. There is no truth in him, only lies that lead to doubt, distortion of the truth, and confusion. Check out John chapter 8, verse 44. This is what your enemy is. This is how he functions, what his nature is, how what his actions are, and this is his nature, right? And when we understand how he operates, now we can equip ourselves to fight against that. Because hear me, you, can, you need to understand your enemy, but the Bible says this, Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. Right? Remain in me and I will remain in you. I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. You can't win on your own. You cannot win this fight on your own. Thank God. Thank God it's not up to me being able enough. Thank God it's not up to me not having a bad past. Thank God it's not up to me being able to memorize enough scripture. Thank God it's not the, the balance of the fight and the war isn't up to you or me, but it is in our source. And we would be fools not to remain close to our source. That fills us because his word says this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? So I'm going to remain in him. Him so that he can fill my life with himself because when that happens, I am greater and I am capable of walking out this life and living out the life God has called me to live out. It says this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or politician or Democratic Party or Republican Party or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of us, the church. 1 John chapter 5, for every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Psalms 121, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber, will not sleep. 1 John 4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Philippians chapter 2, at the name of Jesus. 
Jesus. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Psalm 73, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Who have I and who am whom have I in heaven? But you, I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. But as for me, how good is it to be near God? I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you may have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I I have overcome the world. 1 Corinthians 15, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Right, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one for God God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us, and I'm convinced convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angel, angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, no power in the sky above or earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hear me today, that's what the word of God says about you and about me overwhelming victory is yours and mine, not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done. And the fight isn't even close. It's not even a fair fight. So know your source and stay close to your source. Close with this. A few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, I'm in Telluride with some friends from the church, and my daughter goes to the ag barn. She, my oldest one, Charlie, she turns 18 this week. What? Um, and so she, uh, she's, she's out there taking care of her sheep, and all of a sudden, my daughter is deathly afraid of spiders, right? And there is this huge spider, and she's like, oh my gosh, and she doesn't want to let it go. And so she grabs the pooper scooper. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you can take around, and you can sweep in. And so she grabs the pooper scooper. She records this. And she goes up and she slams the spider with this little pooper scooper. When she does, baby spiders go everywhere. Here's what happens next. And she starts marching and starts stomping like for a solid minute and a half. And she's like, ah, <laughs> you know, like all the little spiders die, 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 right? Like die, baby. 
Why? Because she wasn't, she wasn't expecting it, but she had to do whatever it took to win the fight. Some of you, you weren't expecting what life has thrown your way, right? You weren't expecting the temptation. You weren't expecting your kids to be where they are. You weren't expecting to be on your fourth marriage. You weren't expecting to be bankrupt. You weren't expecting to be an addict. But can I tell you, things are going to come your way that you weren't expecting. And I'm just going to tell you, sometimes you've got to stomp it out, right? Sometimes you've got to keep fighting. Sometimes you've got to keep standing on what the Word of God is and stand your ground. Don't let the things that you weren't expecting take you out of the fight, but learn to engage and put on the full armor of God and stay in Him because greater is He that is in you than that is in the world, right? And this is why we can come back to our text, Psalms 56, but when I am afraid, I'll put my trust in you. I praise God for what He has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And not just for today, but for who you are. That God, you are our source. You are the fulfillment of our victory. And so, Lord, it's not about leaning into our strength, but it's about leaning into yours. It's not about us being enough today because we will never be enough But thank God that you are more than enough. And so, Lord, I pray for that person. The Lord, maybe they just haven't fought like they need to fight. Lord, I pray for that grandparent. The Lord, they'd fight for their kids and they'd fight for their grandkids. I pray for those parents out there today. Lord, they don't know what to do and they're on their last leg. Lord, I pray let them stand their ground. Let them keep fighting the spiritual battle. Lord, they may be tired, they may be weary, but Lord, I pray let them stay equipped, let them stay dressed, and let them stay in the fight. Lord, I pray for that married couple, that Lord, they would start stop fighting in their marriage and they would learn to start fighting for it, Lord, and that there would be a, a just a turnaround in their marriage that is happening because they're a husband that is fighting and praying over his wife, and it's a wife that is fighting and praying over her husband. Lord, I pray for that teenager and that college student, that Lord, they would equip themselves to go into schools and to deal with all the temptation and to deal with all the compromise. And that, Lord, they would stand their ground today. Lord, we would not live small, feeble lives, but we would realize that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's because of you, because you are more than enough. All of a sudden, we are more than more than enough because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Lord, I pray today you would help us to not run away, to not engage in the fight, but that, Lord, we get dressed to fight. We would learn to fight, and we would abide, and we would stay close to you, our source, who gives us strength. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.